Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to my favourite takeaway podcast, a show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. I'm Tom Crane and with me as always is... Simran. Simran Charmy here. <laughs> how are you, Sim? You well? I'm alright, I'm alright. How are you, Crane? I'm good. I, I need to apologise. Oh, oh dear. We're recording this... this <laughs> as per usual. Um, we're recording this bit of the show later than I hoped we'd record it. I know we are. I'm aware. Because I had quite a bad journey home. Uh, I was working, writing on a show uh, today. Uh, I'll tell you what happened on the way home. Quite a busy train. During the journey, I became a bit panicked that I was on the wrong train and going on the, in the wrong direction. And we pulled up at a platform and I asked the lady beside me, can I just ask what this station is? Where, where, where's it heading? Where are we going? She said, I, I, I don't know what platform this is, mate. I don't know, I don't know where we are. And I thought, I'll look out the window to see what the sign is, where we are. I didn't have my glasses. I, cu- I couldn't read the sign. <laughs> so I had to get off the train, walk down the platform to try and read what this sign was. I get to the sign and go, oh, it is. Oh, good. It's where I need to be. At which point I hear the beeping and the train doors closing <laughs> and the, the train drives off. Okay. So I'm now stuck on the platform. I am where I need to be. I'm heading in the right direction, but I've still got about 10 stops to go. I see this lady laughing as well through the window as we're, as we're pulling away. So I was just, I basically got off because I'm too blind. I've got like the eyes of a pensioner and I had to go and check where I was and the, and the train left. I love every single thing about that story. <laughs> Only Ukraine would decide, instead of asking another person on the carriage what the name of the station is, only you would decide to get off the station, walk blind down the platform to see it, only to realize it's the right stuff and then get back on. Yeah, but everything's so simple in retrospect, isn't it? That's the thing. When you look back on things, it all seems so obvious. <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes common sense, common sense should just prevail. <laughs> it wasn't miles away. I, I, I leant out of the carriage. I thought, look, it's going to take me 10 steps to get there. And it, it was 10 steps, but unfortunately, the driver had places to did go. Did you count? Me. Did, <laughs> did you count the steps as you were walking? <laughs> Oh, uh, well, anyway, the point is I was trying to apologise, and I- I'm sorry about that. Um, however, there is one thing to lift the spirits, and that is <laughs> we have a great show today. We have fantastic guests today. Unbelievable guests. After today's interview, uh, as per usual, we'll be getting into your correspondence at the end of the show, but who will people be listening to tonight, Sid? We've got actors and married couple, Julianne Nicholson and Jonathan Cake. Julianne is the Emmy Award-winning actress and mayor of Easttown, and Johnny has just started a great podcast called Stage Door Johnny, in which he speaks to the likes of, hear this, Damien Lewis, Ethan Hawke, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Willem Dafoe about their lives in theatre. I hope they've got good takeaway stories as well. That'd be quite good, wouldn't it, just to get them on the pod? I think, do us a favour, Johnny. (laughs) Stage Door Johnny sounds like a podcast about sexual health in the theatre industry. (laughs) 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 which would be would would be an important podcast to make i'm sure if anyone wants to make that it's an important podcast to make just grab just grab this table johnny and meet me at the back (laughs) a great time exactly yes they they were so much fun to chat to they ordered sushi we've had two curries to kick off this series now we sort of lighten things with sushi and they ordered from a place called little fish sushi in the sticks because they live in hampshire who as you'll find out serve fantastic food and it's worth saying also kindly opened for us and served our guests mm. on the day when they were supposed to be closed. So we really thank them for that. That was much appreciated. Sim, should we get into the chat with these guys? Because they were an absolute joy. Let's do it. Where are we talking to you from? 
Oh, we are in Hampshire County. <laughs> Did you just realise? You don't need to tell us. It's fine. Are you on witness relocation? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we're we're in somewhere in broken Britain. Hampshire County. Yeah, we're, we're in the county, say? we're in the fine county <laughs> yes. of Hampshire. I'm still learning where we are. <laughs> Does sound like we're on the run, doesn't it? <laughs> or, 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 you, or you've broken into someone else, else's house. They're in the background taped up while you record a podcast. <laughs> sure, they'll be fine. We'll, uh, we'll take the, uh, the tape off the mouth and pop in a, a sashimi roll. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, look, we are, we are in the county of Hampshire. We are in the Petersfield area. We should say we just moved. So why we might be a bit Ooh. discombobulated is that we have just relocated from uh, California, from LA, or a sort of little funny part of LA that we were living in for... 11 years. 11 years, yeah. So on the move back, did you have anything you wanted to eat? Sunday roast. Can't beat, I think can't beat a pub Sunday roast. I yeah. mean, that is, that is a massive lacuna in... Uh, America is missing many things, but one of the things it's really missing is A, pubs, uh, proper pub culture, and... Sunday roasts have become such a. We're running a. We're running a tight portfolio of like sort of five or six quality <laughs> pubs on, ro- on rotation. Absolutely, every we, we often go through. What's your favourite? Okay, one to five. You know, and it moves around <laughs> depending on you know the state of the Yorkshire um, pudding. Well, then, can I ask a question yes. about um, Yorkshire puddings? You must, Simran. I insist. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you pour your gravy into the Yorkshire pudding? Yeah. Or do you pour it around the side? Or what do you do with the gravy in general? I'll pour a little bit in and around the side because I want—I don't want it all to be gravy logged. Yeah. Okay. Some wants to be crispy, and then some wants to have the have the marination. Yeah, you don't—you don't want it too mushy. What's your tactic, Simran? What are you—what are you going with? It depends on the pudding, the Yorkshire pudding. Oh, it depends whether I think it can hold it. Right. Can it right. hold? Can it hold? <laughs> a proper ladle's worth of gravy. Could I use it as a replacement ladle? Is it that level of, of, of sturdiness? It is half foodstuff, half receptacle, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it sort is, of... It is definitely half foodstuff. Like a sort of receptacle. candle holder. Or, yeah, it's, it's made to carry stuff. Can it carry stuff is the question. I've got an even more extreme Yorkshire pudding approach, which oh. I don't know if you're aware of this, Johnny. You may do it as a Brit, is I will fill it up with potato, beef, oh. carrots, all the things, and then I'll put the gravy in. So I literally make it a fully packed... It's a little pie. A little wow. pie. I do that. Yeah, I make a pie. So it's it delicious. becomes a kind of Yorkshire calzone. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically folding it all in. <laughs> exactly. I thought we got a business idea, Johnny. So <laughs> economical. Seriously, we could, let's not tell anyone about this. Let's <laughs> make this a reality. How do you do yours, Johnny? Well, Simran, you see, your nuanced approach is is one that I can uh, I can really relate to because I'm going on how crispy is the Yorkshire? Mm. Is it fluffy? Is it yielding? Is it softly pliant? In which case, does it need gravy? Possibly not. Maybe the gravy is adulterating it. That's true. Like a good fillet steak, just have it on its own. Totally right. If it's a little harsher in texture, if it's a little crispier, then maybe it can use the slight unction of the uh, of the gravy to loosen it up a bit. Make it I don't a bit think more I've friendly. been giving it enough thought. No, exactly. So I'll, I'll, I think next time I'm going to approach it with more thought. The thing is, Julianne, you'll find living in Britain, we don't have good weather. We don't have particularly nice beaches. We have a lot of time to think about Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. That's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> you'll okay. find you'll have far more time to think about little things like that that don't really matter. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. There is, a, there is a rival food podcast. It's It would be invidious to name it. But yeah. there is, you know, uh, the uh, comedian Ed Gamble Yes, well, they're very, good for, very, very good friends of ours. Oh, there we go. Feel, feel well, free, yes, very close friends. He yes. has strong feelings about the Yorkshire pudding, of course, but he thinks oh, what's it's his actually... Feeling? Well, he thinks it's sort of like the packing peanuts of the, of the Sunday roast, but he's taking up too much room. He said it's a really? waste of real estate on the plate. It oh, cannot disagree. justify its square footage. <laughs> and, I mean, to be honest, which English person's ever really thought that? I mean, it's one of the th- few national yeah. food treasures that we could really boast about, isn't it? What's he talking about? It's true. It goes, it goes NHS, Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> <laughs> That's we should clap for puddings, <laughs> clap for puddings. at about 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon. That's, it. That's an interesting take from, that is an interesting take from Ed, and I will talk to him about that. <laughs> I actually disagree. I do think the Yorkshire pudding is the best bit, but... This is quite a controversial thing to say on a British podcast about food. I actually think the Sunday roast is an overrated meal. Hello. I do. I, and I'm alone in that. I'm very much alone in that. I find it too heavy. It's too much. Mm. I like a sort of lightness, a spring in my step on a Sunday afternoon. 
as I go mm-hmm. for a walk. And it feels like I just kind of want to sleep for a fortnight after eating it. So it's just too heavy for me. We've really been struck by this coming from California, you know, where it's sort of basically you're so encouraged to be healthy. It's almost a bylaw. Being outside is, is ubiquitous. Coming here, and what are you supposed to do except eat Yorkshire pudding <laughs> and cakes and drink red wine when, yeah. frankly, going outdoors is such an ordeal? You just feel like, sure, I'll have another slice of lemon drizzle. We should talk about the food that you are having tonight. Uh, let, let's move on to that. We talked about the heavy Sunday roast. You've gone the other end of the spectrum. What, what, what have you ordered tonight? What, what's your, your food of choice and where have you got it from? So we have ordered... Sushi from a company called Little Fish, Sushi in the Sticks. It's a new, a fairly new company. I think they said they're about six Mm. months old. It's a Michelin trained chef Mm. and they're very nice and they make very tasty sushi. We should also say we don't know a lot of takeaways around here. I mean, we really are. It's the only takeaway we've had. (laughs) It's definitely our favorite. It is, however, the only takeaway. Now, not only that, you actually ordered it, am I right in thinking, some time ago? It, it, it's yes, going to be- yes. Who knew? I mean, I didn't really know this about sushi, but but the Michelin-trained chef assures us that like a fine wine or some cheese, uh, sushi is much better when left out for hours, which seems right. really, really sort of a contradiction in terms with raw fish. They said actually me, this, but- the fish shouldn't be cold. It should be more yeah. sort of room temperature. Right. Or even, they told me, really? I think they said like even wine. body temperature. Yeah, but let's, sure. Let's body put it on. temperature? Let's, let's, put, let's, put, let's put it on. That's all. Almost quite sexy. Have you left it, left it on the radiator for the last five hours? <laughs> but I can sort of understand that, can't you? If there's lots of flavours, you don't want to chill the bejesus out of it. You want to encourage those flavours out. I guess there's a fine line before those flavours become quite funky. If fish is particularly cold, it can sort of toughen it sometimes, especially if it's raw. I think it can get, it's, it's softer. I can, I can imagine that texture-wise. So that's going to be definitely improvement. So how long has it been? It's been it arrived at your house five hours ago. Is that right? <laughs> No, at, no, at five. So a little over three hours. And they said four hours is actually would be ideal. So we've got a fine eating window. Was there a moment where you thought, oh, I'm going to ignore this Michelin starred chef's advice and put it in the fridge? <laughs> I did think that we'd put it in the pantry, which is very cold, and then forgot. Ah, okay. So you were going to store it in a cool and dry place. Yes. But you thought... <laughs> Okay. Yes. I got a strong talking to from Neil. There's a, it's, this is a company that's, that Little Fish is run by two Neils. Neils on wheels, as I, uh, <laughs> oh, nice. as I okay. think. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. I'm here all night. Neil by mouth. Give me the uh, Neil hey. by mouth. <laughs> I mean, they're just wasting taglines here. <laughs> wasting taglines. And he said, no, 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 no. You do not know. No, no, no. He was quite, he was very firm with me about do not refrigerate. Do not think about yeah. cooling off. This is where it needs to be. Wow. And I think we're, we're at a good eating they window also, right now. They, they're not usually open on Mondays. And because they knew that we were going to be doing this. They did it especially. They made food for us anyway. Just nice. for, for oh. yes, because they were very excited we were coming on to your show. So and so they Your podcast they made is opening extra, all sorts yeah. of doors and so delivering you. food through them. <laughs> That is fantastic. So this is Little Fish is the name of the company. We'll give them a shout out for that in that case. Little Fish, Sushi in the Sticks. They're really great. What great people. Yeah. Uh, just very briefly on that. Are you cautious when it comes to leaving food? Because I'm a real wimp when it comes to that sort of thing. So I, I would never reheat things the next day, really. I'm, I'm panicked about a pizza slice that's been left out for more than three hours. It was, I'll, you know, I'll run a mile from it. I'm, I'm that person. I'll do leftovers the next day, but not beyond that. Someone else in my house. This will is one, go. Of the, one of the delightful ways in which we're complimentary. <laughs> one of those one of those ways that seems so fascinating about someone when you're dating and maybe just a little bit irritating when you've been married for a while. That Julianne is like, no, this has gone over. And I'm like, I will eat that even if it's green and shiny. So how long are you saying, Johnny? How, how long? Let's say you've, got, you've had a curry or something. How, how long would you happily eat that, taking it from the fridge? Five days. Oh, more. Yeah. Way more. If, yeah. I, if I give it a... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. What kind of curry is it? Are we talking a meat curry, not just a... Because a veg curry, 
Five days is fine. It's been in the fridge, Simra. What's up? What, no. what the big issue is? Heat it up. Five days. Oh, mate. Absolutely. I think I'm on Johnny's side on this, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, I think Simran. I'm with Johnny on this. That is reckless, I is think. It? Am, I, am I playing fast <laughs> and loose with a I think so too. I, promising podcast? I used career? to throw things away, and now I don't because I know I'll throw it away, and three days later, he'll be looking for it. The, and uh... so I just leave it because I know <laughs> if I leave it for long enough, it's probably going to get eaten. So. I do slightly play Russian roulette with some ham. I, uh, ham is my weakness. And, and <laughs> yeah. I. You know, I, there's been times where I felt like, oh, this is quite dicey. Then I'll, but, I'll, come have, on, to take, I'll have to take li- matters into my own hands let's and live like, a little. chuck it while he's not looking. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I bring our food over? Well, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Do you ever have guests on the show? Because there's this little sort of t- teasy bit before you can actually eat. Do you ever people who quite get quite hangry? Like, so, can I eat the food now, please? Yes, uh, James Acaster. <laughs> <laughs> James Acaster, we started it. <laughs> he said, I'm really fucking hungry. <laughs> You've been talking for 20 minutes. I just want to eat this Persian food that I've ordered. Oh, look at that. That is incredible. Oh, wow. Look at how beautiful that is. It's like a painting. That is like a painting. That is absolutely beautiful. It almost feels like wrong to tuck into that, doesn't it? That's just yes. perfect. So do you want to describe what is in the box? What, what's, uh, what are you showing us there? Well, Neil by Mouth... Um, told me what everything was and I have of course immediately forgotten it except I know that there's a spider roll the spider roll so it's um, fried soft shell crab delish in the rice there's some sashimi some tuna tuna sashimi he said he did warn us that there was a quite a spicy spicy tuna roll they've put some wasabi peas over it so there's got a nice little nice little touch there there's a um a salmon and avocado roll there's a dragon roll which is Mm, love a dragon roll which is Mm. very pretty what is dragon roll is that tempura prawn or is that what is it what is dragon roll i wish you hadn't asked me actually because i I said i love it and i realized i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's in it you chance your arm and i called you out (laughs) i don't want to do too much it looks like um look at that i want to Take a little peek. It here. does also look like you've got a bit of a dragon. It is shrimp, but there's a diff. We have an- we have another roll here that is the shrimp tempura. Oh, amazing! Yeah, it looks so good. Can I ask you a quick question about your soy sauce technique here? Yes. Because are you a drizzle over the whole thing uh, kind of people? Are you dip it in the side? I'm a dunk unless I feel like there's not enough. Like if it's just one of those little packets, if it's you know, I'll do a little drizzle. But I prefer to dunk. I think there's nothing worse than that. You know that tiny plastic fish with soy sauce? You know, those you see, <laughs> yeah. there's one with, with oh, a yeah, green the nose. One. <laughs> where it's, it's basically one teardrop worth of soy sauce. Uh, <laughs> and you have to choose which of your six pieces of sushi is going to get a tiny bit wet. <laughs> and, then, and, then it's, and then it ends with about 8,000 tiny bubbles inside <laughs> it. And that's it. <laughs> you know, what the fuck is this? <laughs> It looks like a sort of eye-moistening drops, doesn't it? It's yeah, just, yeah, you're, you're yeah, not going to get much yeah. out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's such a fundamental. I'm a dunkist myself. I don't, like, I don't yeah. like over-sourcing anything. I think you need to be in control of the sourcing rather than saturated. Do you know what I mean? It's quite cavalier to just drizzle a sauce over everything. Like, there are these maniacs who drizzle, like, ketchup over a, a bowl of fries or something. I think that is... That is nuts. I don't know how you could possibly do that. Yeah, I'm not a million miles one of those maniacs. You do that, Crane. You do that. I just, I could see, I could, I could see the look on your face. You're like, oh shit, that's me. That felt quite weighted. That comment. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you were looking me directly in the eye. You, you knew what you meant there, Simran. I, I'm one of those maniacs. I mean, would, would, would your dipping technique then for both of you, if you're a dunker and a bit of a dipper, would that extend to other foods as well? Are you, how are you with your condiments in general? Are you kind of condiment heavy people? I've been waiting a lifetime to be asked if I'm a condiment-heavy <laughs> person. Uh, thank God we finally got to this point in life where this, could be, this stuff could be addressed. I think we're not heavy condiment people. I think we're not that heavy condiment people. I think you're right. It's one of the ways in which we tessellate. <laughs> That's right. That's right. By the way, this is a very, this is a very, uh, this is a very Californian bite here. In that there's quite a, quite a prominent florette of broccoli. <laughs> Right here. Oh, I can sticking, see. Raw broccoli sticking that's, out. That's a veggie roll. Okay, forget it. Yes, but Not he's got to put it down. Yeah. I'll, I'll... <laughs> From here, it actually looks like that sort of plastic green spiky thing that you would get that separates yeah. the fish from the wasabi <laughs> that separates yeah. it from the wasabi. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. You, you mentioned the 
the rather LA florette on the top of your your sushi there. What what is the LA takeaway scene like? Do people get takeouts? What what's the vibe there? Is it what what happens? I got the most um, takeaway living in New York City, where I lived for quite a long time. That was our biggest takeaway place, I would say. Because where we lived in, in Topanga Canyon, too, that no one wanted, we were too far up into the hills. No one wanted to come bring us any food. <laughs> so I, so my, I, my cooking has gotten much better in the last 15 years. People literally no one will bring us come. food. No, that's right. They were pretty like, where? No. No. No, no that's stupid. We're not but we would, get, we, would, we would get, we would get, Thai food delivery, chalada. Mm. So we had had regular Thai delivery, great. which yeah. was great. There was a local pizza place, which was great. And I was trying to think of what, what has been my main delivery over the years or takeaway. I would say pizza mm. was always big because I, I moved to Little Italy in 1990 in New York, which was still Little Italy, right around the corner from Ray's original pizza. So I would be there wow. three times a week, I would say. What was your order? Well, I would go back and forth between just a straight up slice of cheese pizza or a pesto pizza that had ricotta and a slice oh. of tomato on it. And normally I couldn't decide, so I'd just get one of both. What, what is food like on set generally? Is, is, is it good? Is it variable? What's, what's the situation? It really varies from show to show. Yeah. And it's changed a lot since COVID, actually, because there used to be, you'd go and there'd, for lunch, there'd be, you know, if it was a television show, there'd be a big buffet and there'd be options and there'd be different people there serving and telling you what there was. And it was great. But now a lot of times they give you a menu and you have to pick it out and you just get this little sad tray that you bring back to your trailer or your (laughs) closet or wherever you're staying that day. So if prison gave you three options, it's yeah, basically that. Yeah, pretty it? much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to sound like an old fart, but there are there is there is an aspect of catering on movies and TV shows that I feel like sort of goes hand in hand with the general down marketing of quite a lot of that industry. You know, people are trying desperately to cut back on flying you places and giving you a sort of brick of local devalued currency as your per diem. You know what I mean? There used to be this sort of this real sense that there was a kind of scam to being an actor, that it was going to be great. <laughs> and you were going to have this magnificent choice of uh, a pasta bar with 14 different sauces. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, like make your own pasta sure, bar. Sure, yeah. I'll totally have the fettuccine Alfredo today. But, but I, I do sort of get a sense that that's all been a bit pared back in the golden age of sort of the, the greatest craft service table in the history of the world is now quite slim pickings. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Wes Anderson famously sets up and takes like his own really fancy chef and they all stay in one big house and they cook for them. And the meals, just like they used to be with Francis Ford Coppola, you know, famously, are incredibly central to their life lived during that movie. Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Those guys eat well. So do you think you can tell the likely success of a production based on the <laughs> director's choice of Gatorade, Mate. whether it's going to be Godfather 2 or, or it's going to be Godfather 3. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine if you watch back the Coppola movies, you can tell the scenes that were filmed after lunch because everyone looks really close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Everyone's totally. sitting down. Rubbing their that, belly. That final moment in Godfather 2 when Al Pacino sat down is <laughs> because he just had a massive fucking meal. Huge. <laughs> Coppola just lay, laid it on thick. Loads of meatballs. <laughs> he's, just doing, he's just doing it all with his eyes at that point. He's, he's just got nothing else. With his eyes. The, the wide cheeks, those are just two meatballs, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. the, uh... That's right. That's, that's, that's what it is. Um, but I honestly, or seriously, I really do think that's true. You know, an army marches on its stomach, as everybody says. You know, and there is, you will never hear a crew bitch so much as they do at actors, too, about bad, the bad food. Because, you know, it's the yeah. way of breaking up the day. It's the social time. Yeah. I really always think it's a false economy when people don't pay for something that's vaguely decent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I, I shot yeah. something in Italy once. And that was magnificent because they just wouldn't have it. If the food wasn't up to standard, they just would not have it. Sandwiches come round sort of mid-morning or as a little tray of snacks just to keep people going. You know, normally people just grab one and carry on sort of, you know, lay the cable or doing whatever they're doing, ringing up lights. In Italy, when the tramezzini, when the, when the sandwiches are coming out, 
everybody stops. Everybody stops. Really? They savor, they take a look at the panini, they examine it from all sides, they discuss on whether it's, it's quite up to standard or not. There's no sense that, you know, we're just here to work. The, the, the meal is primary in those, in those European places, I think, still, which I love. Have you guys ever witnessed then uh, things kicking off or getting a bit tense because yes. the food's not been right or great or there's been a come on we need the gossip. people are just hungry and you know you don't have to name names here but it's interesting to know whether you have experienced it happen but feel free to name names as well do feel, feel free, feel to, free name to, name to name and shame <laughs> I want to name names yeah I don't think I know that you, I don't think you I've... haven't you haven't ever. Seen someone kicking off over catering? No, I just heard general bitching. But By the way. Nobody, nothing like too exciting to write home about. By the way, my eating now has just become Black Friday at Walmart. I'm just, I'm just like. This shoveling. I'm, this just, sh- I'm just piling over this the next person in front of me. This one's my favorite so far. The um, shrimp tempura with cucumber and the sort of like spicy sauce on top. It's Oof. really good. Very, very good. So what, what, have you, what have you had so far that's really, you're, you're liking the shrimp tempura, anything else? The shrimp tempura roll is delicious. I like the spicy tuna roll. It is quite, really oh, quite a spicy. I haven't, I haven't gone into the spicy for fear that I won't be able to speak afterwards. Maybe I'll leave that for the sort of sign-off. Right. But I, can I tell you yes. my, my magnificent diva food story? <laughs> I did, I've been waiting so long to get this off my chest. I did a film... TV film adaptation of Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca years and years ago. Diana Rigg played Mrs. Danvers. Charles Dance played the Laurence Olivier part. Amelia Fox was second Mrs. whatever she is. And um, I was the cad, Jack Favell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they also got, and I don't remember what she was playing, but they got Faye Dunaway wow. to be in this. Oh, Speaking wow. of imperishable movie legends. Yes. So Faye was in it. And from the minute she walked on set, there was a sense that things were going to get edgy. <laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, I was in the catering tent when she flung a full plate of salad at the wall and screamed, this is not the right color green. <laughs> what? Ow. <laughs> yeah. And God. she would make her, which was, was not much to say to that, you know, like, uh, it's hard to tell now because it's all just dripping down the side of the, uh, side of the tent. <laughs> but um, she, she also fell in love, hilariously, with Muller Light yogurt. Right. And she'd had her first one at Harrods. And not knowing that a Muller Light is available for pretty much any yeah, <laughs> corner yeah, yeah. store, she made her driver go back to Harrods every day to fetch her a Muller Light. She said, it had to come from Harrods. <laughs> and That's so funny. That is <laughs> one single. Isn't it? I like to imagine it's just one single yogurt every day. <laughs> totally. He would literally go to the corner, buy her a Muller Light, and, uh, and take the rest of the day oh, off. Oh, you know, a legend. Just pretend he'd driven into town to Harrods <laughs> and come back with a... Miss Dunaway, here is your uh, <laughs> That's so great. That's Harris. wonderful. One of my lowest points was actually um, a catering thing. I, a sitcom I wrote a few years ago, we were filming it. They're very long days, sitcom. I'm sure, sure it's the same with movies. Unbelievably long days of filming. I decided I'm going to lose weight during this filming patch. I thought, I'm going to use this. I'm going to eat the fish every day. I'm just going to eat well. It's going to be good. And I told everyone else in the cast, all my friends, people involved in it, that that was what I was going to do. And then one afternoon, I was caught walking across the set holding uh, a cup of tea and my co-writer Josh came up to me and said oh a cup of tea where do you get that from and I had to admit it wasn't a cup of tea it was a cup of custard <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all of my claims <laughs> fell to pieces yeah. three in the afternoon drinking a cup of custard trying to sneak to my little writer's room so I could just drink this custard on my own custard's not custard's not that thin as a drink that's it was thick. it was thick and was, was thickening thick. by the by the second as well yeah. drinking your tea with a spoon I completely exactly. that's the giveaway yeah exactly yeah no tea I completely sympathise Tom because honestly what, the, the dirty secret of, of show business is that it's mostly incredibly boring days are so yeah. long and most of the time you're not doing anything it's like sort of cricket without any of the fun you know essentially <laughs> not much is happening all the time and so, of course, a man is going to, you know, seek solace in custard. I mean, you know, at a certain point, <laughs> at a certain point, you just break. Exactly, exactly. 
so New York, you, you had a great uh, sort of food scene where you, you were into, into your takeaways. I mean, but, but you, in LA, it wasn't really part of your life, you're saying. That, that was something that sort of dropped away a bit, was it? it was, no, it was I guess very when local. We, we did. First, when, in Venice, when we lived in Venice, we oh, would yeah. get Mao's Chinese food yes, we regularly, yes, we which did. was enjoyable. Oh, that was but, sweet. So there was a few different places that we would, we would get. But in LA, yes, it's such a driving city that there's so much delivery there. When you guys would get, say, your Chinese takeaway and you're preparing to eat it, do you have differences in the way that you would eat the takeaway? Would you take it out of the little box and put it in a plate? Do you like sitting on the sofa watching telly, have it at the table? Do you have any specific ritual around that? Or do you guys do your own thing? Would, you, would, would one of you eat alone? Do, do you remember... <laughs> Taking this off to a shed. Yeah, not, I, I remember with Mao's... It was usually like the soupy curry things. We'd put it, would decant it into our own individual bowls. Would we eat it on the? I would eat it on the couch if I was there by myself, almost, watching TV. Almost invariably watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yes, or this, Seinfeld. Okay, great. Yeah. This was the beginning of our courtship, <laughs> yeah. and you know it was the first time round for Curb, and we would sit there whistling that. Yes. <laughs> you know, in between mouthfuls of um, drinking thai, wine, thai and smoking curry. cigarettes, and eating curry. Smoking oh, cigarettes. that sounds yeah. delicious. It was, that was a great courtship. It was, Those were it the was days, nice, man. It was yeah. pretty nice. Those yeah. were the days. We talked about this a lot on this show. I'm obsessed with the Chinese cartons, the white cartons mm. that are in America that you yes. don't get here. You get see-through Tupperware here. Was it served in that? And if so, then that is a perfect memory. Yes. Always. And the tie that we would get in LA too was was always in the in the little cartons. It's pretty good. Yeah. I know. I like that care. There's a, t- a burger place that we sometimes deliver from that writes a little message on the bag saying, Thank Aww. you, I hope you have a great day tomorrow. I mean, you know, their burger is no better than other ones, but it, they've they've taken the time to sort of <laughs> wish me well. So that's good. So, you know, so we keep going back there for the sort of little pick-me-up. I would go it's back for sweet. that as well. I would, I would too. That just yeah. takes a tiny amount, doesn't it? But it, of course, would just encourage someone like me to keep coming back, yeah. I've got to admit that actually at this point, I think I've always felt slightly shifty about takeaway food. And what I mean by that, it sounds extremely strange, doesn't it? But, you know, and only really... Talking to you two therapists has made me understand this. <laughs> I sort of had, now I look back on it, a sort of slightly Amish upbringing in that, you know, takeaway food was just a sort of disgrace. I mean, if you were having to order in from a restaurant, it was a sort of a sort of sign that you'd given up, you know what I mean? Oh, really? So it, it wasn't seen as a, as a special treat. It was seen as... no. It was seen as something a little bit deviant and a little bit... Right. Uh, it was a little bit like watching ITV, which well, I never realised was something else that was very discouraged. Commercial channel. only had her first takeaway coffee when she was like my in mother, her 80s. My mother in New York, when she came to visit us in her... Yeah, she was probably in her late 70s, had no idea what to do with a takeaway coffee, coffee cup. She, in fact, poured it all over herself in the front, uh, the front seat of my Chrysler <laughs> Sebring. Because she didn't realise that having taken it off, she then had to reseal. So it, with quite a sort oh. of expensive Liberty scarf was just covered in a flat white, you know, <laughs> which ruined her trip to New York. Without getting to uh, therapist again on it. I think, I, th- I think we definitely need to. <laughs> Why do you think that was? <laughs> that, that, that it was seen as a, a sort of perverse behaviour? They were sort of aspirational, lower middle class parents working class, war generation kids. And I think there was something just a little bit commercial to their minds about, and maybe they were just, you know, cheap. Maybe they're just tight. They just, did, they just didn't want to, you know, pay the extra <laughs> money for ordering in. I, I don't know, but they, they, they looked down on it as though it was something, if you weren't cooking your own meals, you were somehow failing. So, but then I never went to see a Steven Spielberg movie either. As to this day, I haven't seen Star Wars. You know, they wouldn't, they, they were sort of looked down at that sort of stuff as though it was slightly the devil's work. Do you remember the first time you had a takeaway then? Do you, do you remember Gosh. where they would have taken you to? What the first places you would have been allowed to go to? I worked in a trucking company in West Ham on my, in my year off. The biggest truckers in rock and roll, Edwin Shirley Trucking at the time. Right. Because I was in something called the National Youth Theatre, and Edwin Shirley was a big patron of the NYT and ran this huge trucking company that did all the sort of, you know, Stones tours and Live Aid and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So I pretended to go and load containers and 
trust, but would sort of sneak off and read. I'm still not sure how much I believe of this story. You working for the truckers, loading and unloading. I see. <laughs> uh, Julianne, do you think this is uh, an origin myth? <laughs> That Johnny's, oh. Johnny's created. To make myself seem a little butcher. <laughs> yes. Well, there was there was chat of his um his risotto, in quotes. He had to make me his risotto. And it like years later, probably ten years into our marriage, I was like, What about that risotto? And he's like, That was a yeah, flagrant no, seduction. No hold, on a sec, hold on a sec. <laughs> so Julianne, you're saying that Johnny claimed that he made a brilliant yes. risotto. Yes. And then never actually delivered. You have to try my risotto. Never delivered on this. And only, yeah. if only in that ten years you could have worked out how to make a good risotto. <laughs> It feels like quite an achievable thing. It, it wasn't like I didn't have time to make good on that lie. You're absolutely right. Exactly. You weren't, you weren't called out for a decade. <laughs> put aside an afternoon. I felt like once we put a ring on it, I felt like, oh, she, you know, there's so many other things. You that, can, you can so many other half-truths. Order me a risotto. Or downright lies. That's such a weird thing to sort of brag about. Had you looked longingly at a risotto in a magazine? I mean, I do like a risotto, but I, I don't think that it... No, I think he just... Did you know that that worked on other people? No, it wasn't. I have to say it was a freshly minted lie for you, darling. It was, uh, <laughs> Spur of the moment. It's an entirely, lie. entirely original untruth. <laughs> and I want you to know that you were the first for that lie. Great. Have you guys ever tried to cook something for one another and it's, it's completely failed? <laughs> <laughs> and, and has the other person had to grin and bear it? You're a very adventurous, adventurous well, chef. I was about to say that, of course, you know, with, with when Julianne is away shooting something, you know, a, quite a lot of strain is put on our cooking repertoire. And when <laughs> Jul, Julianne is away, uh, the kids like to call me not a cook, but a quirk. I, uh, <laughs> oh. Because okay. I, they think I should write a quirk book. Because everything I do is slightly improved wildly, depending on what's been in the yeah. fridge for sort of a week and a half. Interesting you know I mean? flavor combination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an innovator. Yes. I'm a total, I'm a total avant-garde. Can you give us an example right. of this Can left I... field yeah, sure. um, merging of ingredients? Yes. <laughs> well, you did one time very sweetly make that avocado drizzle. What was the drizzle? I sort of, it, it, I think I just sort of mashed it, put it with some olive oil. Sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Put it, it with some olive oil. But it didn't oil. come out exactly. It was just a quite sort of, it was a sort of liquid avocado. Back, back the avocados. <laughs> that wasn't good. Just to be absolutely clear here, you failed to mash an avocado and put olive oil on it. <laughs> I don't know what went, what went wrong in this, I, this brilliant, I think, I, this brilliant no one, recipe. No wonder the risotto has stayed in <laughs> far, far away for a long time. But, but I think I tried to make it more of a liquid than yeah. that, Tom. I think I tried to okay, pour yeah, it yeah, yeah. in from a sort of little jug and that was I think where where there was there was a sort of there was a sort of textural resistance to that they, they talk about you putting honey in like a in a pasta but I don't sure. remember I wasn't there oh that's that. interesting I mean uh, interesting I mean, you know it's exactly one person's quirk book is next year's next year's food fashion yes exactly. um, so the honey I, I'm int intrigued by this is, is that like a honey mustard pasta what sort of what are we looking at here how are you doing it oh Gosh. that sounds already sounds that delicious sounds doesn't disgusting. it <laughs> <laughs> honey mustard pasta <laughs> but you need something to take the honey you take the mm. sweetness away you need to undercut it with something so for me it feels like oh, no you, you're right I, I love your accepting of that in the dish I wasn't here so the, it might have been like tuna and honey there's some other <sighs> strange thing that didn't yeah, that, really that didn't awful. make yeah, that sense part, part of me part of me is finding it hard to answer you know my, my sort of go-to weird flavor combinations because I do feel like I'm in a slight state of grace when I cook yeah they're like snowflakes but, never you, you know never I do same. feel like exactly it's a flow state it's quite hard to know <laughs> reflexively you know, when you wake up from that when you come to to really understand what it is you've created. Johnny, you, you know how your parents used to look down on takeaway. I think if you'd cooked for them, that maybe would have changed. I think possibly they would have been all behind the idea of takeaway. Go, Johnny, this needs to be your future. Yeah. Never cook yeah. for yourself again. Yeah. So my first ever, when we, when we got my um, slightly questionable working for a trucking company, was I think, yeah. you know, one because there was quite a lot of social pressure to be sort of quite hard in that um, environment. So, you know, Mickey D's was a very much a go-to. Ah. And I must say that was my first time ever having a Mickey D's when I was sort of 18. 
this brings us neat, neatly to something we always ask. Neatly, neatly. You've got ahead of us Great. in this link. So, Johnny, we have to ask this to you and to you, Julianne. We asked this question to all of our guests. Okay. Great. Which is, what is your ultimate McDonald's order? Now, usually we offer up McDonald's or Domino's or KFC. Or it can just be a late night thing as well. If, if, if those aren't for you, it can just be your late night drunk 2 a.m. back from a party. Basically, what, what is your go-to takeaway? I've just got a big bit of soft shell crab, so this is a long time ago, but I remember in New York, my roommate and I would go to Viselka Deli and we would get pierogies, either sauerkraut or Ooh. potato pierogies with applesauce and sour cream on the side. And they were delicious and just the thing. That sounds very good. Yes. <laughs> Is there a culture of kebabs and these sort of things and burgers in in America as a sort of like post-drunken thing? Or is this kind of a British thing? What, what Do people absorb their alcohol in that way? Not kebabs so much. I would say pizza is a big one in the States, in New York especially, because pizza's on every corner and it's easy and it's cheap and you can walk and eat it at the same time. The last play I did in New York, I would have a walk home from the theater to our apartment and I'd get a slice of pizza every every single night on my walk home. Mm-hmm. Just basically eat it on the walk home. So buy the slice, that is. Yeah, buy the slice. Yeah, not the whole, not, not the whole, not a whole box and a pizza going through. <laughs> no, it's a bit that. much. I'm not against it, but it's a bit much. <laughs> I walk around drinking custard at the cinema, right. so let's not. <laughs> right. But Johnny, you were saying that you had McDonald's, which you called a Mickey D's. Yeah, we would, we're not calling it Mickey D's. Isn't that what the kids call it? Didn't you? I thought it was a Mackey D's. Well, no, I, I've, I've heard Mickey D's. I have heard Mickey D's, to be fair. Yeah, I have heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in the States too long. I think you guys call it Mickey D's, Mickey right? Mickey D's, yeah. yes. You call it Mickey D's? Mm. I call it Ronald McDonald's World of Burgers. Oh, for God's sake. But I've always called it that. <laughs> We must understand this was a brief, uh, uh, but, but you know, intense part of my life in this trucking company <laughs> in West Ham that my wife disputes I ever worked in. And so, and so your wife justifiably does not believe. Well, <laughs> listen, she's got a very good basis for doubting everything I say after the risotto, <laughs> after the risotto Farago. But um, uh, yeah, I do remember thinking two things at once. I think this is very possible to do when you're eating McDonald's. You think, oh, I see, I see what's happening here. They've really got something good going on here. These are evil geniuses. And at the same time, thinking this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. It sort of oscillates, doesn't it? Almost in the same bite between, or at least it did for me, between intense pleasure and extreme self-disgust. You know, it's it's got that sort of You had the same thing with Doritos. You never eat Doritos or like MSG. And my sister and I were having Doritos and we offered him one and he had one and two and then was, had this confused look on his face. I was like, these are terrible. Yeah. But as he was shoveling them in faster them. and faster. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I love that. I think, it's my, I think it goes back to my Amish, uh, my Amish upbringing. Amish roots. It feels like, something about it feels like the last days of the Roman Empire, a Dorito. You know, just feel like this is the <laughs> last food before, you know, you're going to be slaughtered by... The Scythians. It just feels. It just feels like, you know, everything's going to hell in a handcart. Let's just get covered in sort of cheesy dust. <laughs> if you do have a Mucky D's, what are you having, Johnny? What What is your go-to order? What are you having? Listen again. This is such a long time ago. I'm a different person now, Tom. But uh, <laughs> of course, okay, uh, yeah. I I do remember a fillet, a fillet. Oh, how are we saying this? Fillet of, fi- fillet of fish? Yeah. Is that what you got? Fillet is that, of is fish. That you, is that what you got when you had your trucking jo- job? Yes, I a would do that. And then I would all probably... the lads. You can't be eating fillet of fish at a trucking <laughs> job. No, I, Thank you. It is absolutely this is a such lie. nonsense, Julianne. I don't know <laughs> There's my proof. There's your proof. I think... I think... <laughs> lads, lads. <laughs> Oh, the oh, you never leave without a black eye. Excuse me, can we? How can I have the fillet of fish, please? Uh, the tartar sauce. And I refuse to pronounce that yeah, and, tea. And, and, if it comes with a pea emulsion, that would be lovely. But I don't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think that was probably my Nambi sort of version of what fish. I could stomach of fast food. I, I think I might have had a, che- a cheeseburger. I you could know, get I don't know. behind if it was a hungover Big morning. Back. I would get um, just a sausage biscuit. Now, you're going to have to explain what a biscuit is. So a biscuit is like a southern muffin, flaky, buttery muffin. Yeah. So it's not sweet. It's sort of just salty goodness. 
you get it with ribs and things like this and grits and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, love, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, beautiful. It's like a southern thing. So it'd be just the yeah. biscuits cut in half with Wonderful. the with the sausage and ketchup, and oh. that was a good and a and a ha- and a hash browns on the side. McDonald's hash. Oh, with, inside. No, next next to it, next to it. Do they have the same ones here? The thin sort of like the thin the thin flat ones. Yes. Yeah. But you haven't oh. quite answered the question, and neither have I. If we had to choose between Domino's, KFC, and uh, McDonald's, which one are you going for? I would go McDonald's. I mean, they're all pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go one way or the other. There, they're all pretty great, to be honest. <laughs> no, they're all. I can, I've the more. It's like the more time you have away from those things, yes. the more you can see them clearly. I would yes. say, or maybe yeah, Domino's because yeah. it's like the least. Well, our daughter, least. our daughter walks into Petersfield. Uh, they have sort of one day off this school, and she religiously goes to get yeah, Domino's they, every Wednesday afternoon. Domino's. So now we'll, prob- we'll probably remember these as the Domino's days, you know. And I have a sort of affection for them. Domino's is awesome. I wouldn't want to yes, eat it myself. That's true. They'll do that's Domino's at, at, um, on sets also. Will they? That's quite heavy. That's what they'll bring in at like midnight or one a.m. So and that's when you're weak and you're like, yes, I do yeah. want Domino's. And then you're driving home an hour and a half later, and it's just like a bad idea. Yeah. So you would have like a Domino's with quite a heavy meal late at night. That gives you the adrenaline to power through. That's what they offer because the whole the, the whole group of people there that yes, they've been working for six hours, they're gonna go home in an hour, and so they have to give them something. And usually that's when everybody's sick of cooking for the crew and they just order out. And if you're sh- if you're shooting somewhere cold, like it was probably cold <clears throat> in Philly when you were shooting there, right? Yeah. You know, people just want a draft excluder of pizza at sort of you know, <laughs> yeah. three AM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what now, they want. I've now noticed that it's probably now been four or five hours since that sushi has been consumed. So what we uh, do to sort of wrap up, we'd love to get your review of the food that you've just eaten and what you liked most about it. I loved this food. And this is, I feel like this food was made with love and I appreciate that about it. Mm, it looks like it, real care was taken making this food mm. and attention to detail. It's beautiful and very tasty. I very much loved the dragon roll mm. and this shrimp tempura roll. Though, you know what? Neil said that this pickle oh, roll yes. is... We turned the pickles. I'm going to well, try that. He says no one ever eats it. Did you did you go heavy on the wasabi as well? Are you are you a wasabi person? Look, there's uh, a massive sort of ping pong ball I of like wasabi it, but I right didn't. <laughs> <laughs> which neither of us have gone near. That looks like a, a snooker chalk. It, it, it does. It really does. <laughs> it does. Yes. You could get some backspin with that. I've never had a sushi meal there where, where there isn't a point where I slightly overdo it on the wasabi. There'll be one bite that I get completely wrong. And it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's awful. That's, yeah. Because no one has this, this, this craft skills to take off just the right amount Absolutely. of wasabi yeah, yeah. and smear it onto sushi with a chopstick. That's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a little implement you could, you could take with you. Maybe we, if you can work out a spoon, which is the exact amount of wasabi, which is correct, wear it around your neck at all times. There's another business idea. A miniature trowel. Yeah, a miniature wasabi trowel. <laughs> That would be perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what did you like, Johnny? What, what, what did you like most from that, from that meal? Well, I will say, Julianne said it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It now resembles something like a sort of Hieronymus Bosch painting. I'm afraid we have, <laughs> we have murdered this beautiful sushi. And now it sort of looks like, yeah, it looks like open heart surgery in here. Yes, there's some grated beets and things that's made some it's, real colourful mess. Uh, I, I liked pretty much the same stuff as... Um, as Julianne, I think I really like this funny fella over here. I wasn't paying enough attention to that's uh, that's Simram. To that's, new, the- to, to- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny little fella. That's the greens. <laughs> Is that the greens? He likes the, veg- he likes the veggie the tasty one. Greens. Interesting. Yeah. That looks I like love- some hijiki seaweed in there. Gorgeous. Um, I also love the soft shell crab. Love the dragon roll. The sashimi tasted so fresh and good. I'm excited about the fermented pickle roll for my digestion, which is supposed to be, you know, gut health. I also think it sitting out for this amount of time actually did do good things for it. Because when we ordered it before a couple of weeks ago, we didn't let it sit out as long. And I feel like it's improved with the the coming to more like room temperature. Samra, I think we've actually done it. In our third series, there's some actually some useful information that our listeners can put into their own lives. We've we've done it. We've actually done it. It's amazing. What an absolute success. So that's Little Fish is the company. Uh, Thank you for sorting us out for this this Monday record. We really appreciate it. But it sounds like an absolute winner. And uh, Jonathan and Julianne, what an absolute 
joy speaking to you. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. We really do appreciate it. And you, you're such nice people. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, thank great. you so much. This it was, was really so much fun. fun. And thank We're, you for dinner. Yeah, thank you so much for dinner. <laughs> thank you for watching us eat it quite creepily. <laughs> Um, and we're huge fans of the podcast thank you for having us ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The fantastic Julianne Nicholson and Jonathan Cape there. What? brilliant people an absolute joy to talk to love them i really enjoyed that they were very fun yeah 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 if you're getting a takeaway russian to open specially for you you know <laughs> you've got a good chat on a podcast you know what i mean absolutely so. I, i've been i've been approaching takeaways around closing time they've seen me coming and they've pulled down the shutters so i i have the ability to make the takeaways shut when i really need them so fair play to them um, Sim, before we um, we leave our wonderful listeners, um, should we get into some of the stuff that they've sent us? A- any particular correspondence that caught your eye this week? We had an email from Ailey Talbot. She says, subject matter, sitting cross-legged on the floor. Hi, guys. Tom gets a lot of flack for eating takeaways cross-legged on the floor when eating takeaway. I do. I have to stand or sit on the floor with Tom. <laughs> when I'm at home with my parents having a takeaway, I will also do this. I'm with you, Tom. There is an innocent... And pure joy in that moment. So what's her name, sorry? Ailey. Ailey. So Ailey has quite rightly pointed out that me sitting cross-legged on the floor, which a lot of listeners have emailed in to say they think it's a bit weird, is actually quite sort of sweet and life-affirming in a way. There's something very naive and sort of, uh, I don't know, it, it seems to come from a very simple part of the human, the human soul. And, you know, it's something to be celebrated. I think, that, I think that's what, what we can take away from that. It's I not weird. will always <laughs> celebrate a 40-plus man sitting cross-legged. <laughs> Only just. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, look, that's a plus. I'm, I'm not giving my nose over the line. I'm not sort of. <laughs> it may well be weeks. <laughs> my thirties aren't sort of distant in, in, in the mirror. They're kind of. They're very much. They're, you know. They're, they're close. They're, they're, the proximity is there. They're standing up over you. No, keep going. Keep going. So you, 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 you've always got time for a forty-plus, well, forty-year-old man uh, sitting cross-legged on the floor. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. But with an innocent face like yours, Crane. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, it's double innocence there sitting cross-legged and an angelic face and voice okay that's enough from us thank you for listening (laughs) guys Uh, if you have anything else you want to send in any other things that sort of you know back up the weird things that i do um feel free to send them in you can send it in to hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com that's our email or you can DM us on Instagram on My Favourite Takeaway Podcast. You can find us there. Send us your messages. We want to hear your weird food stories, your takeaway likes, your dislikes, anything you want to get off your chest, send it our way. Uh, Thanks for listening. We love the fact that you're sticking with us and you enjoy the show. It means the world. Simran, we'll see you next week. See ya. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started